0: It's just it's no, uh, no, uh, it's just
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. We're glad to have everybody here with us tonight. Andrew? Yes, sir. Glad to be back. What's going on, buddy? Man, back from the beach. Tyler is on hiatus tonight. Tyler's not with us. So so you went to the beach, you lucky bastard. I just, I got back from the mountains myself. So uh, St. George Island, it was nice. We had a good time in the mountains. uh, Other than it took uh, two hours and 30 minutes to drive from Pigeon Forge to Gatlinburg. Mm i've never really wanted to kill anybody uh as much as i did on that trip i saw some of your pictures it
2: was pretty interesting the museum you
1: went to it was good we went to the alcatraz museum uh i I love that kind of stuff uh two of my favorite things is uh probably gonna make people think bad things about me but i like uh mobsters and serial killers they had a great exhibit there so
2: i did see the uh clown outfit
1: that uh that was a little crazy, and Ted Bundy's Volkswagen was a little wild. I can't believe that was there. It's insane. It was. There's all kinds of stuff there. It's too much. I took so many pictures, and I posted way too many. So, um, shout out to everybody uh, listening. We're we're over 200 listeners within. We're in two months of this thing. Over 200 listeners. Uh, Georgia, of course, is our biggest state, uh, followed by Florida, Virginia, Oregon. Believe it or not, Oregon's one our our number number four biggest state listening around. Nice. We got 28 out of the big 50 uh, listening in, so and of course the 12 other countries around the world. It's pretty awesome, good stuff. Upcoming episodes, we got. Uh, we got Charlie Corbruston from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, yes. We talked to his dad on, on one of our episodes. Charlie's actually going to come in and uh, give us a little bit on what it's like playing Major League Baseball these days. Um, we're also working. Uh, we're going to work with uh, Tony Metcalf and Robbie Ramy. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the old Bullet Fight. Uh, fight promotions that these guys used to put on that was MMA back in the day in the South, uh, when it was growing amateur and pro, uh, and, uh, our guy that, or our guest today can probably tell us a little bit about that as well. When we get him introduced in, uh, and also another one we're working on, <clears throat> excuse me, is the infamous Peggy's, uh, of Rome. Mm-hmm. So everybody that's not familiar with Peggy's of Rome. She was pretty much Holly F- Heidi Flies before Heidi Flies was Heidi Flies,
2: and was very accepted.
1: Ran a prostitution uh, ring brothel for forty years, very successful. Owns property in the Virgin Islands, all over the United States. Yep. It was a, that's a good story to be People told. People all over so. the
2: United States, know piggies. Yeah,
1: yeah, they do. She put Rome, Georgia, on the map, no doubt. So, sure. and then the Braves, what the fuck happened? I don't know. Well, Mookie Betts caught that ball. Went to sleep. I was done.
2: But you know what? Whoa. We took the best team in baseball to seven games. Yeah, hey, we did. We did. And With, without pitching. Without pitching and a very, very, very young team. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how young this team is. The future's bright if we can keep everybody happy, yeah, uh, happy and man. healthy. Yeah, man. Sure. I mean, we, we played the best team in baseball extremely well. And, you know, we were only – think about it. We were only a couple of hits away from going to World Series. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, we was a home run away from it, honestly, I feel like. And some, you know, some poor base running and
2: stuff like that. But just a few mistakes and a couple of hits away, and we
1: run the World Series. Yeah, I'm a homer for life, man. Braves, Falcons, Hawks, all that good stuff. So Uh, without further ado, we've got a gentleman that is very patiently waiting on the line to to come in. I want to introduce everybody to uh, uh, coming off his... uh, his uh, bare knuckle fight championship twelve, uh, his bloody his bloodbath victory over Tom, and I may not be saying this right. Sharoff is that right? The number one hundred and sixty five pound bare knuckle fighter in the world, Joe the Hitman Elmore. Joe, what's up, buddy?
0: Oh, what's going on? And it's Tom Schoe, I believe. all right, Yeah, Tom
1: Awesome, man. Man, I'm
0: doing excellent.
1: Great, it is good to hear you, man. I. I um I'm looking I'm 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 excited because we're seeing these things that's going on with you. You're coming in. Uh, you're actually ranked number one in the world at 165, and there's a belt. There's a vacancy, and I think it needs to be around your waist.
0: Oh yeah, man, that's definitely the goal. Um, uh, I told him when I came in. You know, I've been trying to get a hold of David Silver probably since uh when when Rusty Crowder first went and was on there. Man, I had already been talking to him like, man, bring me on, bring me on. But at the time, they had a huge heavyweight division. So right, in building and bringing in 160 fighters, UFC guys, tour guys, and trying to stack up the division so they could have this uh, uh, actually have some world contenders in there. And when I went in, you know, 1 155 in MMA was always uh, hard to make. 170 was a little bit too big. I kind of stuck between it. When they actually went with the 145, 565 divisions, I said, Man, I'm gonna go into this 165. And uh will get every, everything I got, man, yeah. and uh, try to get this world title. And that's what I did. I knocked out uh, – uh, my first fight was against uh, Will Chope, and that was a two-second knockout.
1: I saw, That was quick. At I, I saw 11. That
0: <laughs> And he had 119 fights at the time, uh, fought a main event against Max Holloway in the UFC, nice. a heavy underdog on that fight. And I told him, I said, if I go in there and knock him out, man, y'all going to give me a TV deal and – they uh, came to me after the fight and said, man, we're going to do better than that, dude. We kind of believe in you. We're just going to set you up to fight. And if you keep doing what you're doing, we we'll see great things. Man, they've kept their word to me, so I'm going to keep training my butt off and trying to stay healthy and move towards it, man.
1: Dude, that's awesome. And I have no doubts that that belt won't be yours very soon. I got uh, – Yeah, well – Go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, they uh, they actually got a fight possibly coming up, man. Uh, I don't know how much I could say, but uh, – Around the Super Bowl, maybe even the day of, I'm looking at maybe fights. So I don't have an opponent yet,
3: but
1: okay. I talked to
0: David Tillman and told the line. So there's something that they're working or cooking up right now.
1: Well, I I, I want to tell you this, and uh, and if you if that thing's going to be, and I honestly, if that's going to be in Florida or maybe even in, uh, we're all about taking some road trips, Joe. We'd love to go there and watch you put that belt on. Let's go.
0: I know, uh, I know that, uh, they're talking about a lot of venues in Miami right now because they're starting to open up, uh, again and, uh, allow capacity inside the venues. That's one of the David Silver things. In a bare knuckle fight, we have to have people in there, man. We can't fight in a silent room because you get knocked down and you don't. Hear your son and your wife and your family and your friends and your team yelling for you. you might not get back up. <laughs> that's whole, right. <laughs> it's a whole different ball game when the bone to bones are hitting in there.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you. What with the transition going from MMA fighting, uh, of course, the gloves is the one big thing. But what's it like getting hit with some bare knuckles, some taped up fists, as opposed to having those 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 MMA gloves on?
0: Well, for me. I know people that know me know I'm crazy. So, I mean, I'm a, I, uh, I grew up like watching a, a little – I was a little guy. I was four 4'11", 103 pounds my freshman year in high school. And uh, I got in a, a fight with this dude. It wasn't really a fight. But we used to put on Walmart boxing gloves. It didn't have real – foam in it. You know, the ones that have like yes. the plastic. <laughs> it says <just> Everlast <laughs> on the <laughs> yellow on the yeah, wrist. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, all I've been hit with a few of those. Yeah, and, and I this a 250-pound senior and I knocked I not rest out. the right now. Clint uh, Wallace, but we were at the movie theater. We used to all box in the parking lot. They're like, in you know, box for the car? Yeah, and they like, Clint stepped up and they, 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 they were laughing thinking there wasn't no box but I Knocked, his, knocked him out in the parking lot. I said, All right, man, maybe I can do this.
1: That's too and good, uh,
0: on top of that, man, we used to fight, dude. We'd have a uh, – I told the story on my BKFC 11 or 12 intro, but it was a true story, man. We'd have problems with like Lake County, Dyer County, Dyersburg, uh, outside of Memphis, Tennessee, these little country towns. and it's school versus school so mm-hmm. whenever people would – fight we'd be like all right let's meet we'd go to somebody's backyard or out on a farm and get a keg and charge five dollars a cup and entry and make videos and that was what it was the old big vhf uh tape that they had and we would bare knuckle fight because you know i was watching uh when when uh george masvidal and and, uh
1: kimbo Kimbo
0: swipes and all that stuff dude that's exactly basically what we were doing like we we would eventually have smoker fights in the gym that I had in our town. You know, it wasn't sanctioned in Tennessee back in 2000, uh, 1999 and and early 2000. So we had to have basically smokers. Sometimes there wasn't no weight classes. Sometimes it's just like this gym's better than that gym. So I'm kind of back home. You know, uh, uh, I got a black belt in Taekwondo. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Uh, uh, Went to state championships all four years in Tennessee. Uh, So, I mean, I've got a lot of – uh, uh, backgrounds that was made for MMA, but I don't know, man. I just like to fight. And In MMA, I always found myself having a game plan to go and grapple guys because I could win, but then I'd wind up wanting to bang and stand, and a guy that wasn't as good as me would double-leg me when I'd power shoot him. And, right. and then uh fair-knuckle boxing, dude, they can't do that. i knock 'em knock them out with every single punch, like my coach said. Every punch we're going to throw. It's one through twenty, and when you're in bare knuckle boxing, you got two minute rounds. Every single punch is a twenty.
1: Yeah, you're throwing with so a cruel I, I, intentions every every time you let it go.
0: Yes, sir. I'm I'm so I'm throwing with intentions of knowing I got a surgeon that can fix my hands if I break them. <laughs>
1: how, I'm how everything? How, how hard is it you, for you to keep from just kicking somebody or like trying to get them like take them down? Does that does that does those old uh are those old habits dying hard for you, or is that something that's just
0: no? Uh, uh-uh. uh. I, I, and this is like a. Like I said, I don't know, man. I believe, uh, my, this is this is kind of in my soul, dude. I like, uh, I like getting hit. I've never been dropped at a. Uh, uh I told people this before my fight. And they, they laugh at me, or they don't believe it. But if you can go back and, I, I wait and I'll still pay somebody that money to find one person that ever dropped me with a punch in any fight. By hitting me to the face and rocking me by a punch, it's not going to
1: happen. Well, I'm going to tell uh,
0: even fit. what now.
1: I'm going to tell you the last the last fight you were in, man you you got cut up, but you still handled your business, and that's a, and I mean, with you saying you've never been dropped, I believe it. I believe it because that guy looked like he was hitting you with a hatchet, and you you ended up still whipping his ass. <laughs> I'm so it was having, awesome. I'm
0: having fun, man. You know, like I, my my mom's oldest sister, my whole family comes. Together. I get the, be blessed in a year 2020 where nobody talks to each other and everybody's got to stay away from each other and, and just a lot of fear and, and the thing that ends fear and anxiety for me is love man and and, and that's why i have so much heart out there because i got so much love dude my they fly i got people from texas flying my cousins drove in from texas my aunt flew in from arizona I mean, they just made a road trip from Indiana to Arizona. My wife comes. She's in my corner every single fight. And when I'm out there getting cut and that doctor comes up, I don't feel that cut. I don't feel nothing but the determination to be the 165 champion. And I look at my wife and she looks at me and she says, she's got this. And I can hear my friends and my family screaming out there. Dude, I don't feel nothing. I just, like, feel the ability to go out there and win for everybody. Yeah. it's undescribable. I I've out of airplanes too. I uh skydive. No. I got about eighty nine <laughs> eighty nine jumps. I'm Are you I'm serious? eleven short of my class. Yeah. And it's the same thing. When I get punched in the face, this this adrenaline button jumps off and time slows down. And it's like I feel like I'm in the gladiator arena yeah. hundreds of years ago and I just, I can just hear it, man it It does something it's crazy. I have adrenaline dumps, and I get depressed about a week after the fight just just from feeling like that so you can't get it no other way
2: how-, how many times have you broken your hand
0: uh, just once out of, out of about a hundred fights, I've only broke my hand one time that was two years ago uh versus uh uh got for the n f c title here. John Cobb, yeah. Sorry, my God, I the punch to my head get me a little bit. John Cobb, <laughs> for right. NFC. Uh, I threw the overhand right, and he sidestepped and pivoted rather than leaning back away from it. And I hit him on the forehead, and yeah. it—I uh, hit him so hard it didn't break it sideways. It actually pushed the bone through the metacarpal and split it in half long ways. Holy so God. I had to get uh, some pins put in my hand. But uh, a surgeon at Emory, he's actually one of the head doctors for the commission. Six months later, he became one of the head doctors of the commission here in Georgia. But uh, he pulled me in the next day on the 4th, of, on the 3rd of July, made a special surgery for me, got my hand fixed. It's stronger than it was, dude. That was my right hand. It held up real good.
3: Yeah. You
2: know, a couple you, fights. You've been. You're, I guess you're lucky. I don't know if you – I like to use the word lucky, but I'll just say it uh, for lack of a better word. But you've been lucky to only break your hand once. How often do you see that in your sport?
0: Is it common? Is uh, it mean, common,
2: I guess, I should say.
0: I guess it, maybe it will be if there were more amateur fights. But by this time, a lot of us, they're bringing in like veterans of 30 and 40 fights. It might say 0-0 and 0-1. And 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 but they've got 0, a ton of fights. That's record of bare knuckle. Yeah, we've got 100, 200 fights. In one ring, you know, against guys that are O and O for bare knuckle, so we're we already know the the. I mean, I, I look like I'm so powerful and wide, but but yeah, I've conditioned my hands because I used to have karate instructors that make us used to reach into sand and punch sand, and and uh, uh, I punch brick walls. I condition my hand just like they kick banana trees to condition their shins. Yeah. in uh, Thailand, right, for Tiger Academy. Yeah, same thing. But uh, it's also the accuracy, man. If you hit a guy on the chin. His chin bone's gonna break before your hand. Mm-hmm. Getting in the right position on the right knuckle. Uh, uh, I mean, you do got to be careful though, man. Because one of my strategies was to headbutt Tom Scholz's jab and knock him out with the overhand right to go in and headbutt that jab and make <laughs> it hard for him to jab me. Yeah, you know what I mean. That I mean, uh, John L. Sullivan said it. You know, I went back and researched a lot of old guys. I watch every karate movie. I watch my opponents. I study everything. And and we're kind of building new strategies with this bare knuckle fight. And then one of mine is if my harder bone hits his softer bone, then I'm winning anyway. So.
3: That's right. Do
1: you do you think a, a a punch on the chin, the button on the chin, is more effective than the one behind the ear? What's the, what's the better ratio, knockout ratio? Because you see a lot of ah, guys well, that get hit behind the ear, and man, they they drop. And they, they you know they don't know what hit them.
0: Well, okay. So the button behind the ear—that's a direct that's in a direct electric signal that shoots. There's a nerve back there and it shoots an electric signal that shuts the brain down. So that one, a lot of times, can leave guys more confused and knocked out longer.
3: Mm-hmm. That
0: bone on the chin, is easier to knock them down because it's more of a reflection into that nerve and it sends more of a shutdown, but you can you. get back up easier as long as your jaw's is alright. I mean, you hit it hard enough and it's going gonna, it's gonna to rock them straight through, but I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I've, uh, I, I had, uh, I guess you'd have to ask
3: somebody that's been dropped. Heads, I've yeah. been dropped. For I me, don't know, I'm Rob. Kinda, I'm, <laughs> I'm
0: kind of, <laughs> I don't mean to sound like that, but I'm no, fine. explaining no, the No, it is what it is. Lying, but like, I mean, I've been choked out, uh, so I, I guess maybe it's, I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, even when I get rocked, I've done the stanky leg a few times. But <laughs> it, it, I hear this, like, uh, like, I feel like I'm doing this dance in the samba, and my hips <laughs> just kind of hold me up, and I hear this ring in my ear, and then yeah. all of a sudden, boom, the adrenaline button hits, and I I don't ever feel it again. So there's usually that one little dance, and then after that first dance, my adrenaline comes in and goes, zombie mode.
1: That's right. Hey, have you ever dropped somebody? Have you ever hit anybody with a liver shot and folding them up?
0: Oh, yes, sir. I have a... God, what was the liver shot guy? Uh, I kicked the guy in the liver uh, and dropped him with a toe kick to the liver. Oh then the fight was KO to the body. Oh God! It was a boxer here in Atlanta, Georgia for NFC for the main event, and I I have such a hard time remembering that And, and those and those
1: liver shots are like uh, it's a like a de- it's a delayed it's a delayed thing when you throw the shot. It takes like a half a second. Then you see just see these guys like. They look like they're trying to shit a pineapple. They just collapse on the ground, so it looks, terrib- yeah, it looks terrible. That I
0: know about <laughs> body shots. One- I've been dropped by a body shot. Now, one time you can you'll go find. Uh, I fought a a, a pro uh, boxing fight for uh, against the world champion for uh, Vander Holyfield. It was for hit uh, real deal Holyfield Productions. Yeah, at uh, Queens Theater in New York, and this kid hit me in the sternum, and man, I felt like my sternum cracked through my it was just god body shots you know especially in this sport i believe we're going to start seeing a lot more of them yeah because uh the next day i woke up that was what hurt i had cuts on my face and i was bruised but man there's not a lot of uh pain in your face mm-hmm. it's weird uh you don't feel like when you're acl or you tear a muscle that, that shit hurts you yeah. know uh, or the leg kicks can hurt for months yeah but man, dude, uh, uh, my rib the next day—I didn't even know I got hit during the fight. I was like, "Why in the hell is?" Yeah, and then you got a week later,
1: you feel like you've been in a car wreck.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. And then four or five, yeah, four or five days. Like every time you laugh, you're like, "No, no my, uh,
1: <laughs> you don't realize you don't uh, realize how much you use your abs until they're injured or, or sore." And then yeah, it's like you, well,
0: and those bare knuckles to ribs, dude. Now that those are weaker bones, you know yeah. your hands. And take a lot more uh, uh that was a good thing about throwing power shots i, I kind of messed up because my body i go into i go into like caveman mode and go oh <laughs> knock him out brr, <laughs> I, that's butt.
1: what we love though we love it,
0: it yeah i know but i i, I should have if i would thrown a little bit more power to his body and got him to drop his hands sooner i might have knocked him out and not had to pound on his hard head right, right. but you forget to go in there you know because that's yeah, just it, uh. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I get overexcited and y'all start
1: screaming, going, "Yeah!" And I'm like, "Oh yeah!" I react to that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, and I'll and I'll say this: anybody anybody that's not set up with the bare knuckle fighting, uh, the app. I mean, that's the best five ninety nine I've ever spent in my life, and to be able to get it that cheap right now is unbelievable. So. You haven't got that I, I, app, get that app, man. Cause you can go back and go to the archives and you can watch a lot. You can watch all of Joe's fights, of course. And then there's, there's so many other fights, man. And it's, it, and you talk about that, those bare knuckles on the ribs or, I mean, that sound, dude, it's like, it's, it's not, it's unlike anything you've ever heard. It sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds very painful. So. But uh that that it makes
0: you great. smile. You seen how you laugh when you said that.
1: We watched we actually we watched the last one, uh, me and my uh, me and Brittany was watching the last one and uh I forgot what the guy had hit the other guy and I said, It sounded like somebody took a raw steak and threw it on a marble counter as hard as they could. <laughs> <it> like. <laughs> I was like, Holy shit, I would never want to be hit like that ever in my life. So uh, uh. I gotta ask you though, where did you fought everywhere? Where all have you fought? Like you you fought you fought in Russia, correct?
0: Oh, well, uh, okay, no, I flew to Frankfurt, Germany, but I fought in Kazakhstan for gotcha. Almighty Pride. Gotcha. Against uh Osmanapova. Oh god, I can't I hope I'm saying that right, but Osmanopova uh, uh uh he was like an eleven time Russian combat combo world champion. I actually said on two days notice, man uh ken pavia he's a matchmaker i believe out of california he uh, uh uh i believe that's maybe how me and nate shook met nate shook said something about somebody was looking for a fight in Kazakhstan, and i was like when and they're like in three days and i'm <laughs> like, like what and they're like yeah it takes a day and a half to get there so i was like well i always have all my medicals ready though man yeah. I, I literally for the past 12 years uh, 12 years ago, I lived at a gym. I was yeah. living at a gym, like mopping the mats, training all day. Yeah. But I still, even after I quit living at a gym, I still live there. I was teaching 6.30 a.m. kickboxing. I teach boxing. I teach jiu uh, uh, I train all day. So I'm always ready. I always have my medicals uh, up to date. My wife's my manager. She makes sure that we are on point with everybody all the time. Right. So you can call me right now and if I'm not injured, man, I'll take off the, uh, had another fight in Canada. Uh, same thing, man. They called me on a Thursday night. Oh, I was it's just like, about hey, to
1: ask you, we about We got that. a fight.
0: We got a fight in Saturday, uh, uh, Saturday. Can you come to Canada? I'm like, yes, I got everything ready. I had to go get a MRI the next morning with Dr. Jason Weeks. He sponsors all the fighters here. I called him and went, Hey, man, if I can get an MRI first thing in the morning and be on a plane by three o'clock tomorrow, I can go fight for a world title against, uh, oh my god was was scott it? hudson scott hudson yeah yep he's fighting for X S D this weekend in the tournament uh scott hudson man and that uh, almost knocked him out the first round man but he collapsed my lung in the second round uh of that fight i didn't even know it i thought i was having a damn asthma attack uh and i flew home found out three days later after i got home i it was a collapsed lung i've had some wild fights man uh again i i'd uh They can't say it's just been anywhere I can go and see the world as an opportunity for me to. It's part of fighting for me, you know. Just the things I get to experience that I might not ever get to. I got to go down there, take my wife to Niagara Falls on the 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 Canadian side, and walk underneath the waterfall. We were like inside it. It was amazing. Just some of the things through fighting I've got to do.
1: After you fought, after you fought Hudson, and you you got injured, you got the collapsed lung. You fought pretty quickly after that, too, didn't you? You had another fight, and like, how long ago was it? How I mean, how okay, m- how much so time was is between there, there?
0: There was five. There was five weeks apart. Uh, I fought Scott Hudson, uh, 2017, on September the 10th or the 12th. Okay, it was either September the 10th or or, or the 12th. But anyway, uh, I fought him the 10th or the 12th. Three days later, flew back home. Or two days later, flew back home. Three days after I got home, found out I had the collapsed Long Went and had immediate surgery. Uh, I wound up going to an urgent care clinic thinking I had some pneumonia or something. Yeah. They rushed me to the hospital for immediate surgery. Uh, I was in the hospital for three days. The doctor told me, uh, the, one, the doctor that did my surgery, he trains Jiu-Jitsu here. He's a, uh, he trains and, and does surgery on mostly a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so he, he told me, he's like, hey, man. A collapsed lung, if you take care of it for seven days, don't do anything. I'll let you do cardio with the tube still in your chest. I'll write for you to be able to go to the gym. And uh, so, uh, seven days, I just kind of sit around the house. Uh, I knew I was supposed to fight Brandon Mangano for the NFC for the main event because I'd signed both contracts because uh, uh, I, I thought I'd have enough. Even if I got knocked out, I had enough time in between to be able to train and right. get back in and, and take the fight. And, Anyway, so uh, uh, seven days went by. I still had the tube in my chest. And what I did, so people wouldn't know I had this tube in my chest, is I'd wrap myself in aluminum foil and put a, a shirt on over it. Or not aluminum foil, but a saran wrap, excuse me. And then i put a, a shirt over the top of it, and I'd go train, man, and do jiu-jitsu. I didn't let nobody hit me in the body. I told my training partners, hey, man, I got to y'all be, y'all be careful, but I got this fight. I got to train. So uh, uh, seven days, I had the tube in my chest. I went to the doctor. He took it out at the same doctor. He's like, hey, man, uh, how you feeling? Like, no. He's like, don't train today. Come back and see me tomorrow. We'll do some tests. And if you feel good, I'll sign off for you to fight. And there's seven days from my – or 10 days from my fight. Jesus. And uh, I was like, all right. So I waited that day, went back the next day. He checked me out. He signed off. I had not eight eight days to train. And uh, I trained, took that fight with Brandon Longano eight days later. And uh, I trained half my camp with a tube in my chest. Jesus. But man, I don't back out of fights, dude. I like to fight. It was uh, I knew that I would still be in good condition. I ran four miles with a tube in my chest. So it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't like I wasn't training doing something crazy. I just uh, uh, I didn't want to break Brandon's heart. He's a good friend of mine too, man. And uh, uh, we fight. And when guys back out, ew. Man, it's hard.
1: It's That's disheartening, just, yeah, because uh, you've trained all that time to be prepared and get ready, and then it's just nothing. You did it, just kinda, yeah,
0: man. Uh, it's, it's heartbreaking.
1: Well, look, I wanted to ask I, you what what school did you used to? What, what school did you train at? Like, what what all, I mean, you know, you did jujitsu. Where where were you doing that at? Was
0: Buddy Colbert, I did a okay. So my jiu-jitsu has really started here. So I, I did a, a lot of like sambo and uh, combat hakido. In uh, Team Rays in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I started out my MMA career down in, in Ultimate Boxing. We did a lot of Jiu Jitsu, but it was freestyle stuff, man. That, down then, we didn't have a lot of Jiu Jitsu instructors here when I started 15 years ago. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, so we were learning that way. But when I first came here uh, as a white belt, I was with Utah Rod Rodriguez, yep, Professor
3: Yes.
0: Cap- yeah, yeah, Professor Capacinia, Professor Crow and uh professor fabio costa yeah so uh fabio costa took me uh, immediately under his wing now i've been working at x3 sports about 10 years now Mm -hmm. so i got the the blessing of working uh, with honey eddie paiva he actually gave me my purple belt uh he left x3 sports and then rodrigo archelero came in he's uh i believe an olympic bronze medalist uh, judo world champion god uh uh, I'm back with Gracie Baja and Fabio under Professor Fabio Costa now. Though you, you
1: just train, you just train with animals your whole life. I mean, these the name Yeah, name and offer. And, I'll, and I and this. You know,
0: I've never had politics either. I go everywhere, dude. I, yeah, that's the uh, best I, thing I do about,
1: about it. About hey, De
0: Yeah, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's the best thing about it too. If you can go training all these other different people and everybody gets along, and, and I, I um, just a little bit of back backstory on me i I did jiu-jitsu for a little while um yeah i have terrible hips i had two hip replacement surgeries i used to walk with a cane but i actually did a uh, i had a jiu-jitsu tournament that i'd put on uh back in rome i don't know how long ago that was maybe 10 years ago maybe it was at least 10 yeah 10 years it's a gladiator open uh and i had a lot of guys from alpha like uh you know we had brian bloodworth and i had uh tex and and I and I was going to ask you if you competed in that because I and we always seem to go the same weekend. Lutador did and I only did a couple, but uh, Fabio and Uderiz uh, they had helped me on the second when they did a lot of. But what what I'm kind of getting at is, you your 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 jujitsu family is forever. Like you have these guys in your life forever, and if you may not see them for a very long time, uh, but when you do see them, you you always feel like family, and and that's when you don't and, you know if you don't have the politics involved, so. Um, all those people you named off, I know those guys and you know, those are great guys. I know your friends, you're really good friends with Matt sword. Uh, and I know he just opened up yes. a school up in Fort Payne, uh, ground and pound elite training. Um, and, uh, and I know he's, he's looking to come back and start fighting again. Uh, so all you guys, yeah, you not, know, he
0: was one of my main training partners for a long time. You know, yeah. and, uh, Matt sword and when cap uh, this is, this is funny story, man. Cap when I came in and I told you, I first started training, jiu-jitsu. The very first day that I put on a jiu-jitsu gi, uh, uh, Capacino was the one that said, no, Joe, you're not going to do all these leg locks. You don't even know how to pass guard. You know, I knew <laughs> wrestling, and I could do a flying heel hook and a flying knee bar, but I did not know how to guard pass at all. Okay, And he's like, you're going to put on the gi today. And I believe I, I tapped him out with a something. I can't remember what I tapped him out with. And then I tapped out Professor Co with a Darce choke. And <laughs> nice. I say, just showed it to me. And they're like, no, 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 no. You start out as a blue belt. Right. So my very first day, they gave me my blue belt. So I was one day as an official white belt under Gracie Baja with them. And then I spent seven years as a blue belt, about seven years now as a purple belt.
1: <laughs> that's awesome, dude. No, but you stayed with it and you still have these great people in your corner. I mean, it's 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 and that's the thing, like I know just talking to you by the things you said, you know, talking about with your family and your wife and, and the people you've got around you. Your support group is tight. You got a good support group, and that's what you know with your with oh, your, yeah. your work ethic and the way you work hard and in, in your heart and your support group. I mean, you're hard dude to beat. You you're tougher than a two dollars a two dollar steak, man.
0: Well, yeah, you know, but it is the family aspect, like you said, man. My jujitsu family, Eric Moody, Professor Eric Moody, now uh, for Gracie, uh, ba, he filmed the first ten fights. Put them on YouTube, man. Without him, I wouldn't have those up. It was crazy Baja, my friendship, like I could say, hey, man, uh, I've got a, a, a super fight or a fight to win pro, and, and Professor Fabio sells tickets at the, 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 the booth for me. Even though I work at X3, he still would support me and come up there. And, right. And uh, all my jiu-jitsu guys have been like that. And those guys were in my wedding. They were at my bachelor party. So let letting, knowing that they come to all my fights, like uh, I'm a selflessly selfish person. My grandma taught me that. It's like if you do everything for yourself and then all of a sudden one day you ain't got nobody but you got everything and you can't share it with nobody, it sucks. But if you give everything away, you got to everybody. And one day you ain't got nothing but you got everybody with everything. Isn't that a lot more? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Having those people there, I don't want to let them down. I'm, I'm a good loser. you know. Anybody that knows me or my wife can say, she'll tell people, I don't understand how Joe can get it. Ass kicked at a fight like with Jordan <laughs> Rinaldi, he had me knotted up and beat the crap out of me, and I'm hugging him. I made him put his elbow on my face and, and just take a picture after the fight to show him <laughs> who did it. You know, like it's hilarious. And, and, and so for me, I I love it, man. You know, and and uh, uh, and and I, but the reason I do win is because everybody else. I'm out there watching my wife worried and, and all that stuff, and and uh, yeah, man, it's hard to lose. So when your when your heart hurts for everybody else. It's like, uh, uh, not today. Cause I got a hundred people that are going to cry I ain't worried about me right now. We will worry about this fucking cut later. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> well, look, I was going to ask you too. Um, what, what is What, so what does a day in a life look like training? So as far as you getting ready for this next fight, uh, that, that, that is maybe on the cusp of happening sometime in January, when do you start? When do you start? I mean, I know you train every day, but when does it get down to, Hey, I got to go whip this guy's ass in January, and and, and this is what we got to do right now to prepare for that.
0: As soon as I get the name, I start game planning and get it down. Because I, I mean, I have a since the pandemic, uh, it shut a couple gyms down and made it harder to train yes. for a little while. But it, it actually was a blessing because uh, again, Professor Fabio, he gave me a nine nine square mat, three and a half squares each, mm-hmm. and I carried those three mats with me when I go camping in the woods. Uh, me and four or five of my friends go camping with hammocks so up on top of the mountain. I put those in the back of my truck. I stack them uh, in the back end of my truck. We take them. We put them out on a tarp, and we grapple while we're on top of the mountain. That's awesome. Uh, I got them under my garage. I put them in my downstairs basement. I got guys that come over and train in the morning. I got guys that train in the afternoon. I mean, I, I'll have at least one or two, three people over here once or twice a day to train at my house. I have a little park we carry the mats to, or we go to – couple of the gyms that let me train but when it is time for that fight man i i eat right i meal prep i'm going to therapy every day i got sponsors like Nivea health uh they, they bring me in and and they sponsored me iv trips and, and all all three therapies and, and i mean prps on my face which is where they've taken my blood and put platelet rich plasma and pulled it out of my own blood and then needle it into the scars on my face so the scars won't cut open they'll regrow collagen oh, in the wow. skin so I mean I just I, I really focus on being the healthiest most elite robotic person in the world for that last like 30-45 days yeah. as soon as they write that name down I'm studying and coming just what would be long fast what these angles look like I create a dance and a plan in my head this is so important man this is a I feel yeah, like this I is mean, the it's new, uh, it, new it, UFC. Yeah.
1: My it, thing. It's way more than just you know, it's way more than getting in there and just throwing just throwing hands with somebody. I mean, you, it's it's way more than that. You know, it's uh and and that's the kind of thing that I kind of wanted to to bring out in this with the bare knuckle fighting championship too. I've kind of explained it to a couple of people. We were talking about it and it's like, Well, is it like a bad man? That's a Man, it is not anything like a bad man. These guys are fighters, they're true fighters and um it's not just there's there's technique and everything that's going on. It's like boxing without gloves. I mean, it's it's it, you know it's a, it's man's boxing is what it is. And it's what is that uh the meme with the little guy with the handlebar mustache? He's like uh, he's like gloves. You mean bitch mittens? So you guys are definitely <laughs> yeah, not wearing the bitch mittens. I,
0: so that is actually John L Sullivan himself. So John L Sullivan is one of the very first world title holders, the, the original bare knuckle badass. So the the bare knuckle boxing hall of fame that just ranked me number one on Knucklepedia, and was, which is separately from the bare knuckle boxing uh, official rankings, they are the ones that hold the original title that John L. Sullivan uh, from that picture uh, held. They're the one that sanctioned every basically every world title that's ever.
2: Existed. Oh wow. Uh, uh,
0: UFC, WWE, the very first one was that title that belonged to John L. Sullivan. That was another a little cool fun fact for everyone as
1: well. Yeah, awesome, that's, man, what that's,
0: that's what it's going to be an honor for me to win this 165 title because not only is it going to be the very first 165 champion in the ever in the United States of America, but it's also going to be the very first 165 title under the original world title.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It, Man, and, and of course we're rooting for you. We want it. We, we, you know, I got all the faith in the world. Bringing and it back to Georgia, I boys, know you're going to bring gonna it home. That curse. That's right. Yeah,
0: we're going to get rid of that curse. <laughs> That's right. God dang, we need
1: something. Oh my Please. God.
0: Hey, listen, and here's the thing too. Like, uh, um, I'm not sure if this, the the one that uh, the Super Bowl, uh, if it even happens because it's a big, it's a big DreamWorks picture. Just, it's, a, it's a big thing that he's trying to put together. Uh, hopefully i make that one. But if not, my goal is uh, we've talked to Matt Woodruff uh, uh, uh a few people are trying to work with them. I talked to Nate Shook uh the other day and told him I was gonna put it on the agenda but we're gonna try to put the rules uh on in front of the commission and uh get them written into play and get uh uh it might have to wait because the election's so mm-hmm. going on crazy right now. Yeah. But uh if we uh, uh if everything election goes good, uh Governor Kemp can sign these rules in Man. my ultimate goal is to come here. How great would that to be, be to fight, fight for the belt? somewhere and win my title in front of my home? That, oh, that, that would, would be great.
1: incredible. That would be man, that would be awesome. Look, it I know
0: takes we, about six months to get these rules, but we are it is in the works and good. I'm I'm calling it
1: six months. Dude, that would be incredible if if you can. I mean, I feel like that they'll sign it in and uh, man, you'd be able to fight in front of your home crowd. I mean you imagine how many people would be there with the hitman t shirt on?
0: Yes, yes, sir. I've already imagined in my head. It feels so good. I can't lose. I couldn't lose. I, know. I couldn't lose. I, I, There's it, it, no way to lose in a fantasy dream. There's no way. You know? right. <laughs> I just feel. I feel. Uh, I feel
1: sorry for whoever you have to fight. That's just all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, they're exactly. not coming in there with a ball peen hammer taped up on their knuckles. They're not going out. They're not going to make yeah. it. So. Uh-uh. No, no. Uh-uh.
0: Yeah, Edwards
1: his their hand and a ball can in the other nothing just nothing just cut nothing <laughs> look i wanna oh, i want we talked about your big heart and uh and one thing i wanted to bring up to uh i wanna know about uh jesse i can sparkman and the i can movement how you got involved with that tell us can you tell us a little bit about Jesse and his situation and what what you guys were trying to do for them and a little bit about you know how street beef stepped in and and kind of made this thing happen for him.
0: Okay, so um, I've been a fan of Sleep for a long time, man, because I feel like uh, anybody that's trying to take a negative and turn it to positive is awesome. So uh, anyway, so uh, Jesse, uh, he trains with my boxing coach, uh, one of my boxing coaches, uh, Coach Crazy Chris, we call him, from Detroit, uh, Nick Brazier. He's a good friend of mine down here from Detroit. He introduced me to all his friends. We've become like brothers down here. He, he's the one that I called in the middle of the night. Literally, I called Nick at, on Tuesday night I'm like, at 12 o'clock at night. I said, hey, man, uh, you want to go to Kazakhstan with me and corner me for a fight? And he goes, when? I'm like, dude, we got to leave at 6 a.m. And he's like, when? And I'm like, tomorrow morning. And I'm like, you need to pack your shit and come over here right now. And he came. He wow. comes every time, man. He comes. He He's with Canada with me. Same thing, Thursday night. called him up when we leave. Tomorrow, noon, let's go. Boom, he drove over here, stayed the night, bought a suitcase. He introduced me to Coach Crazy Chris. Coach Crazy Chris, uh, he he uh, he does a lot of things for everybody. He he cares about coaching more than anything. If you got money, he'll take it. If you don't, he'll he'll fly down here and and and, and spend a week out of his hometown uh, to help me get ready. He actually did that for two of my fights. He was down here for a week. He came from Detroit. They brought him down. Uh, they worked with Jesse uh, while he's actually up there, and mm-hmm. uh, they they used to kick Jesse out of a couple gyms, man. If you watch Jesse train, it'll scare the shit out of a Normal person because yeah. his uh his legs don't work right you know with terrible palsy it's it's hard but he has those canes man and he'll sprint uh, uh, he'll he'll army crawl he'll do pull ups drop down and like he I mean you you can't tell him he can't do something or mm-hmm. he's gonna do it even more and harder so through that I I went and I fought uh just the, the universe brought me to fight in uh in Detroit Michigan for the WXC on UFC Fight Pass. And, uh, I, I fought up there for them. And when I went up there, uh, I got to meet Jesse in person at my coach, uh, coach crazy Chris. I was at his house in the backyard. We were cutting some weight and Jesse, of course, wanted to come over with his dad to meet me. Uh, his dad, Gary is best friends with, uh, my coach since they were in high school. They've been friends forever. Uh, and, uh, so they come over there. That's, I met Jesse and he just inspired me, man. There's times when I've been like, I can't cut weight. I'm dying. up, uh, and I'm just like, I mean, don't ever say you can't. So I fell in love with Jesse at that moment, you know, like, uh, unbelievable. So anyway, uh, that same time, he's like, man, can I make you a rap song? And there's a studio where Aretha Franklin recorded in uh, Detroit, Michigan. uh, 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 What's the rapper's name right now? Not Royce the 5'9", but it's another real famous rapper from Detroit, Michigan. And he uh, he, uh, knows Jesse. I guess he's cool with him because he's done a TED Talk and was there and just knows of jesse stories he's like you know what if y'all come in i'll produce uh t grizzly there you go t grizzly allowed them to come into the studio and they made him a beat and a song and he made me a track called i can and had two other detroit rappers get on it and i pushed jesse out uh while he rapped the i can song in his wheelchair for my walkout and at the end of the aisle he got up out of the wheelchair and walked down the stairs just to show people like i can that's awesome so I want to share uh, his dream with him, man, and he wants to travel around and, and be able to go tell people, do more TED Talks and go to the gyms and, and train and, and uh, uh, just live his dream, showing people that no matter what your situation is, that it, it can change. So uh, anything I can do to help Jesse out, I am right now. He's uh, doing adaptive boxing. Uh, um, a lot. It's hard to find a, a, a match uh, for someone in a wheelchair because everybody's trying to tell people they can't. And they don't mm-hmm. understand that people want to live life no matter what the situation. We all do the same thing. And I uh, uh, talked to Chris Wilmore from Street Reef and he's like, hey man, you know, uh, 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 hello on wheels. Brandon, he's an amazing dude. He's the same thing. He's an adaptive boxer. He's like, man, I'll take the, the fight with him. He has a uh, sports wheelchair that he uses, which is a mid-match. It's got the, the wide wheel play basketball you can bob and weave it's just a lot more for a person who will show his athletic but they're like anywhere from a thousand to two twenty five hundred bucks
3: you know right. depending
0: what kind and how good you get so it was my idea to raise uh, money through uh, him going and doing this adaptive boxing and chris Wil- wilmore they're viral man they get millions of views he was willing to share this charity and try to spread it so people can help uh, uh, get Jesse to train with Floyd Mayweather as one of his goals in uh, Vegas, and of course get him his adaptive, or excuse me, uh, a modified sports wheelchair, mm-hmm. so he could do his adaptive box and train a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, and so well,
0: shout out to him because people don't know this, but on the 23rd of this month, uh, we've already got—I believe we went up to about 17 or 18 hundred dollars in donations today for 14. So thank everybody for that too, especially anybody that's with him. But Chris Wilmore's actually said he would be willing to buy. A wheelchair for anywhere from a thousand to eighteen hundred bucks. Uh, out of uh, I guess maybe when they get their YouTube money from whatever or oh, some, something awesome. going on, but on the twenty third, he said he would actually get the wheelchair, so we could use the rest of the money to put towards Jesse's trip to uh, to see Floyd Mayweather. That's too so cool. Shout out awesome. to them; they're amazing beyond everything else they do.
1: And the street beefs. And I know you know yeah, you guys. You guys have seen them on YouTube. And they, I mean, you see some people. They're getting down out there, so and I did watch I did watch Jesse's fight and um and dude it's it, it's inspiring it's amazing uh you know and it, it's uh, if if everybody had that much drive and will and determination uh and they're way more capable of doing things uh than you know than the Jesse struggles with uh, they don't have those struggles and uh, for him to you know really you can't say you can't do something when you watch somebody like him do what he does.
0: Never, man. And y'all can go on uh, uh com and just see his head top and his stuff. And it, I'm telling you, it'll make you never make excuses. And you and any time you slip up and say, I can't, you're going to go, oh, man, I can't believe I just said that. You'll yeah. Think that moment.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, look, man. We
0: all need that
1: right now. We do. The whole world needs a whole lot of that right now. We sure do. We uh-huh. sure
0: do. Love and I can
1: well, look, man, I I I appreciate so much you coming on and, and talking to us tonight, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again when uh, you got that belt around your waist. And we're all big Hitman fans, and we got your back, and we're in his, we're in this thing hundred percent. I want to see you through it, uh, and and watch you watch you come out on top and do your thing and be the the one sixty five pound bare knuckle champion of the world. So, thank you, thank you for your time, sir. sir.
0: Hey, no, no, thank y'all, man. Uh,
1: uh, I appreciate it. So, but, man, thank look, y'all. I have to do one more thing before you get out of here. This is what we do. Oh, this is what we do. We do 10 random questions, okay? So, Joe, uh-huh. the hitman Elmore, are you ready for 10 I'm random ready. questions? All right, man. I, 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 10 I, I, random I, I, questions. You answer with a yes or a no. You can go into a little bit of description. You have one mulligan, you can say no comment. So, I got a feeling you're not going to use the no comment. Uh, <laughs> uh, who was one dead celebrity you'd like to punch in the face?
0: One dead celebrity that I'd like to
1: punch in the face. Oh, man.
0: Oh, uh, hell, they could be living. You apologize. just, you pick one. <laughs> <favorite>. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, <all right>. nice. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs>
1: What's one thing? <laughs> <laughs> could, could it would you, help a lot. Could you use the ball peen hammer in your wraps? I'm just kidding. Not really. I'm not, I'm <laughs> can serious. I what? Can you use that ball peen hammer in your wrist wraps? <laughs> just can tape, I get a ball? Yeah, tape up that ball peen hammer. Ball-peen ham- tape up that ball peen hammer real tight in your wrist wraps. If you do that,
0: can, can, can I? I? would like
1: No, I'm just saying you could crack her with a ball peen hammer.
0: Oh yeah, that was, that was I mean I already have one in there. Yes. <laughs> it'd only take one. There, I promise it'd be the hardest month ever since the week. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make it count. <laughs>
1: All right. What is one thing that gets on your nerves?
0: One thing that gets on my nerves. Uh should've said one thing that don't. No, uh one thing that gets on my nerves. Jackass people. Like yeah. uh Nancy yeah, like yeah. No, was. I, the people that people, yes, exactly. People that make you uh, that that say you did something that they're doing to make you look like a bad guy. I just don't like that. People. Yeah, they get on my nerves. We can do it without bad people.
1: Who's the toughest person you ever fought?
0: The toughest person, the toughest, the be- the most talented or
1: the toughest, the toughest. Just like Jesus Christ, this person's still
0: coming. Ah, oh, man, uh. Tom Schoaf got dropped. He's pretty tough for coming back from that. But I'd say Ronnie Rogers. Okay. Ronnie, uh, I football punt kicked Ronnie Rogers in his face. We actually fought uh, as a two-on-two couple for the very first United uh, States of America, two versus two versus oh GSP. JSP, John, uh, Jonathan Pierce, and Adam Townsend. We teamed up. But but during the fight when we fought each other, that's why I teamed up with them, by the way. Man, dude, there's a moment that's on my YouTube – Go, I believe it was the second round. You go watch on YouTube, and I, I he went down on the ground. I need him, and, and we got tangled up. And as he was trying to stand up, I literally just went and tried to kick his face forty yards. And he stood straight up and looked at me like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do anything. But we went dancing that night. The next day, I woke up and I had a softball. On my foot, and it was his forehead print where he had broke my like or not, I don't know if it was broke or fractured. I never went to the doctor, so I don't know. But it sure as Jesus. hell wasn't supposed to be that big. For <laughs> <laughs> He's the toughest dude I ever hit. Cause I, I hurt myself, kept hurting him. So, um, I still got a dent in my leg from 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 shin kicking him.
1: Yeah, if you if you punch, if you can kick this guy <laughs> in the head like a soccer ball, he, punching him is not going to do anything. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Lonnie Rogers.
1: Alright, if we made a life of your movie, Joe Elmore, who would play Joe Elmore?
0: Uh, it'd have to be it to be me, like when Rocky played himself. I got I'm, you. I don't know. That's uh, fair. Hold on, no, let me take who who would uh my my wife says I look like Jordy Nelson, but I gotta get a younger guy to play me. Who okay. Play me? Let me Oh man, he'd have to be crazy and kind. Mm, God. I don't know, and good looking. No. <laughs> of course. Of course. You know, in Hollywood, they're always supposed to be better looking than the real
1: ones.
0: Oh, I'm gonna stick with me because can't nobody play me. That's right. That's
1: right. All right. <laughs> what, what's something you enjoy doing that other people thinks that may think is odd?
0: Oh man, lots of shit, dude. Uh, <laughs> jumping out of airplanes. Yeah, jumping out of airplanes and fighting bare knuckle and loving getting hit in the face. Yeah,
1: I'm not doing either one of those. No. So. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> those
0: are all. Those Where, are all the three funnest things in my life.
1: Where's the coolest place you ever fought?
0: Ah, dude. Uh, it was so beautiful in Canada, dude. It was uh, uh, going to Niagara Falls. That's definitely the most beautiful. But Kazakhstan. Was one of the most unique places I yeah. ever fought. It's just because I'll, you'll never, no, nobody gets to go there. You can't just go to Kazakhstan. Hmm. They had me riding around with like these princes, and the culture was so different. They threw us a party, tried to get us wasted. Then I, <laughs> I knew what they were doing. They had they threw us like had Russian vodka and horse meat. They're, I mean, we I ate horse for the first time. No. I didn't even know I was eating. What was, really? what was that like? like? Yeah. They I, oh man, it was weird because I was like, "What is this?" And they're like, it's horse." So I'm like, "Oh god, I'm raised on a horse farm." <laughs> no,
3: like, oh. no, no, <laughs> <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> think Yeah. So they eat uh, over in Kazakhstan. It is very, 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 very common. Horse to them is like cow to us no. It's much. I mean, they they eat horse a lot over there. Like it's it's they breed them, they breed them to to eat. Oh, is it's, it, uh, Yeah, it's different. Is it's it, just, is it was, l- uh,
1: really lean? I guess.
0: Yeah, it, it looks like um like, like pastrami or like some kind of like oh. lunch meat like on a plate no the yeah the beef jerky the beef jerky was all right but yeah. uh again i didn't know i was eating that but i was like god that was horse jerky too even if the like, damn i'm a, I'm a vegetarian
1: <laughs> i'm a vegetarian yeah how <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, oh god that that was the that was the strange that was the strange thing i've ever done Cause I was raised on a horse farm, so I almost that's, felt like I. Yeah, dude, that's up. so
1: that's that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. that was, was
0: actually horrible.
1: Who inspires you to be a better person?
0: Who inspires me to be a better person? My wife, my grandma.
1: Uh, good answer. My good wife. Answer.
0: Uh, my, my my wife uh, literally is my best friend. Like we, no matter when it's up, no matter when it's down. When things are ugly and when things are pretty, most people give up and never do things. She's always, there's been times when Jordan Rinaldi beat that time. Jordan Rinaldi beat my ass for a week. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. She's the one that looks me in the eye and tells me I'm the the most strong, powerful, greatest man in the world. She's smart, beautiful, got Teacher of the Year here in Georgia. Awesome. And so for for me, like somebody like that that has so much love in her heart that believes in me that much, there must be something, you know. Yeah. I I try to stay humble and, and yeah. My like spirit, and my grandma raised me like that too. She, my my grandma, mm-hmm.
1: uh, they're best friends. So, okay, uh, yeah, that's a good answer, Some man. Kids. You can't get it better than that. All right, Joe, what is your jam? What's your go-to song, man?
3: <laughs>
0: uh God, I, I have an awkward dude. of uh, uh, I like uh, when I when I'm coming out to fight. I actually rap my own rap song. Okay, uh, me and a dude, new dude named Jay Gutter from b Camp Entertainment. He used to. Record Rich the Kid, uh, but I don't know, man. I love I love listening to gospel books, uh, uh, sometimes. If I don't, if I'm a, if I'm just in the mood, drinking on the weekends, or, uh, I don't know. I have a strange. Uh, uh, let's see. God, if I had to pick one, oh, I'd I'd say Eminem, man, because uh, uh I like poetic rap, so yeah. I could listen to Eminem. Uh, over and over and over, so I could listen to anything he put
1: out. Yeah, rap music struggling these days. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Hard no, to I, listen old to rap.
0: I listen to uh, yeah. I listen to the old stuff. Yeah, like, uh, the Same new here. stuff for me, like Lucas Joyner, uh, uh A few, a few poetic rappers. But what got me into rap was actually uh, in sixth grade. Uh, I did a bonus, uh, a bonus. Uh, uh test basically to to bring a, my grade up to extra points by memorizing uh Edgar Allan Poe's the raven and uh i memorized that entire poem i still remember it, like 99% uh i it, it, i just i, I saw the, the the kind of the beat i like playing drums, and so for me that it kind of keeps my adhd in check it puts it like a it gives a rhythm
1: to the Yeah madness. yeah and you rapped it or you just you just recited it oh
0: yeah no I rapped it oh I dude that's good. <laughs> you like, should record that so whenever I came out to, when I came out I do have it recorded <laughs> nice. I actually have it uh, on I, I'm trying to put it on Spotify right now uh, but when I came out to the Tom show when you see me rapping as I'm coming into stage that's actually me rapping my rap okay
1: nice.
3: okay alright <clears throat>
0: I have I have it on. If y'all send me y'all's uh, uh, email after uh, the show, I will actually send it to you on email.
1: Okay, yes, I will. Yeah. Do you care if we put it on? Uh, if we put it on our put not, a link to it? Not at all. All right. Also, so we all. definitely want that. Okay, I know you're going to answer this question. This is when everybody says no comment. Yet. Um, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done on a dare?
3: Oh, jeez. <laughs> <Whoa. laughs>
0: See, y'all, y'all really, if y'all knew me, you'd laugh. Y'all I need three of my best friends here for this one. <laughs> uh, dumbest thing that I'm willing really to tell you I've ever done for a I don't know, man. I've done some dumb stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, well.
1: You know, nobody. I don't answers know, man.
0: I, I, in college, no, in college, I used to do a lot for money. I like to. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had a. Okay, here's one of the dumbest things ever. All right. I got one. <laughs> right. I'm really good at. I'm really good at drinking beer. Okay. Wrong, nothing wrong, with and that. And in college, I can take a 16 ounce glass of beer, let it sit for five minutes, when it gets not quite freezing cold, and I, I I can take it and down it in one drink. Just go. All. And it'd be gone, like less than a half a second, right? So I would always bet people a dollar that I could drink a beer faster than them. And on top of the dollar, whoever didn't drink the beer as fast had to buy the other person's beer. So if I drank my beer faster than them, they had to buy his beer and my beer. Nice. Well, one of my buddies was like, all right, well, uh, I bet you you can't drink 10 uh, Jager bombs in a row. Oh, my God. And down a beer when you're done. If you do, I'll give you $100. And at that time, I was like a hundred dollars in college. All right, yeah. so they poured ten. They poured ten. It wasn't Jagerbombs, It wound up being what we call Goose Blind, which is gray goose, gray goose in the middle instead of Jagerbomb, uh-huh. and then on the outside rim, it's uh, Red Bull peach schnapps and cranberry, or splash Woo. peach schnapps and cranberry. Man. So I drank ten of them in a row down the pier, and was completely shit faced. But I was a bouncer at a bar called Cadillac. And uh I had to go bounce that night. Oh but, my and my, and my, girlfriend the, as my girlfriend at the time was the bartender there, and I showed up so shit based of course, with 10 shots of liquor, that I was like, okay, I'm ready to work. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I got fired. <laughs> I had a job making $100 a night as a bouncer, collecting money at pool tables, standing there checking IDs. Pretty easy. Yeah. And uh, for a hundred dollars of beer money and a
1: bet, I got fired from my hundred
0: dollar <laughs> night job. Damn it! So I definitely say that
1: was the dumbest, one of the dumbest things I've ever I been got... there to do. I <laughs> was no man. I was I was, I was twenty stuff. years
0: old. I'm thirty eight and twenty years, so don't judge. Me. No. no, not at all.
1: Not no, no, we've been there. We've all been no. there. All this stupid shit. All uh, right, and last but not least, who is the true one sixty five pound champion in bare knuckle fighting? Me. That's, I'm right, that's, one. Right, I'm that's the, right, that's right, that's right. That's why we talking to you, baby. That's why we talking to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I'm 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 seriously the gatekeeper. They're gonna have to come see me because I don't I don't understand how they keep telling me I was the underdog. I guess they thought this was pillow fighting or something. <laughs> well,
1: they, uh, yeah, that's my spot. <laughs> I, I'm excited for you, man. I can't wait to hear. You know, I can't wait to see all the good things coming for you. I really am, and I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. And again, I want you. We uh we want you to be one of our repeat offenders. We want you to come back, uh, and, and you know when you can, when we get this belt won, and uh let's and and I hope it's going to be somewhere where we can make it. We're going to come down and watch you fight wherever it is. We want to try to be there, be in your corner. Absolutely,
0: awesome, absolutely, man. And uh, I agree with y'all. Said it's getting go out the praise, man. I'm excited uh, about this young team they got, man. It's going to be a, uh, going to be uh awesome, man. I think they're going to do some great things for them. Twenty-four average years old for so them to come out and do what yeah. they do. That was awesome. No kidding.
1: Man. We should be long. We should be good for a long time. Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to look oh, at okay. a good long run.
0: Yeah, the the, the mid ninety, early nineties Braves and That's the, right. how they were young, strong pitching pitching staff. They've rebuilt that same model of. Yep. They've got the fans back, bringing them to Marietta.
1: It's a great part. With nobody there. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Joe, man, I appreciate it. Well, y'all have
0: a blessed night. Thanks again.
1: You too, man. Thanks Thanks for the time, brother. All right, have a good one. Yeah,
0: no problem. Anytime, man.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Joe the Hitman Elmore, who uh, hopefully will be fighting for that 165-pound bare-knuckle fighting championship uh, belt in – Maybe January. So. If you're not
2: familiar with this guy, look him up. He is a beast. Please go watch beast. his fights. Just go, go to watch his YouTube
1: his or again, like I said earlier, go to Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Get the app, pay that five ninety nine, five dollars ninety nine cents, dude. You can watch all these great fights. And just look at his pictures on Facebook. You'll see what we're talking about, and you'll go from there. Yeah, and they actually just signed Paige. Uh, they're they're building up their female uh, roster, and they just signed Paige Van VanZant from mm-hmm. the UFC. So she's going to be there. Uh so bare knuckle fighting championship, probably the fastest growing sport in the world right now. Uh as it's insane. Know, it's uh you see a lot of great fights. And again, I'm not kidding. It literally sounded like somebody slammed a piece of raw steak on a on a marble slab as hard as they could throw it down. It was it's, it's some of the sickness uh but shots. it's still
2: skill fighting. It's yeah. not bad man contest uh, out at dillard's park yeah it's it's, it's people real got, deal.
1: they got to re- you know somebody gets hurt they step in there you know everything's everything's done right so it's uh it's it's really a really cool thing to watch so before we get out of here andrew i just wanted to say something real quick um i got a company called uh killer culture shop.com uh killer culture shop.com these guys had had they do a lot of kind of um t-shirt serial killer type t-shirts or kind of off off-the-cuff kind of t-shirts uh, they're the anti hashtag blessed and the <laughs> hashtag uh, live laugh love and that you see in people's houses which is it's, uh, i'm the anti myself so it's okay i really dig what they got going on over there um they had actually had a shirt created uh that said uh shoot your local ped- pedophile it's a t-shirt it says shoot your local pedophile i can get on board with that and apparently they took some heat they there's a group of People that started a website that's speaking out against their this company the killer culture uh let me make sure I'm saying it correctly KillerCultureShop.com. they're trying to get this shirt removed or get this company to keep them from selling this shirt so uh what did I do? I went and bought me one of those fucking shirts, and I cannot wait to <laughs> wear that bitch until it falls apart um so if you see me with my um shoot your local pedophile t shirt on don't, if you judge me, don't let me know about it because I'm going to think really bad shit about you. <laughs> so, uh, so go to their website, man, uh, killer culture. I'm sorry. Let me killer culture com. Take a look at their merchandise. It may not be for you, but, uh, shooting you know killing pedophiles you know that's for me so uh there's there's no good use for them so if you get offended by that shirt then uh probably you got your own issues the fbi should probably look at your laptop right that's all i'm saying so um but andrew that's going to do it for us tonight man thank you again uh uh, you got anything to add you got anything going on that we need to
2: no man look forward to uh charlie look for some look forward to some uh upcoming episodes, but this was a great one, man. I, I, it's just been a long time coming. Nah, man, we've been, waiting we've been for working for, so for this long, forever. So. He's so
1: busy. He's so busy. And I was just, you know, very thankful that we got to be, to talk we'll to get him, get him back when he's champion. Last but not least, go to www.cigarstoreidiot.com and buy some merchandise. We got, we got some cool swag guys. T-shirts, hoodies, baseball tees. Sold a lot of it already. The hats will be coming in. We actually got a proof on the patch. The The custom patch was is done uh, so we should be getting those in. Man, I, I don't want to say. I've I, I kind of had my feelings hurt a couple of times already about it. But they are going to be, it, it will be here before Christmas. So Christmas presents, you know what I'm saying? Just come buy some. So. <laughs> All right, man, that's going to do it for me. Andrew, man, I appreciate you, buddy. Out. All right. Later.